Next on BYU Sports Nation, yeehaw! It's BYU and Wyoming in the Point Study Bowl. What's your favorite memory in the storied series with the Cowboys? It's also a Maddich Monday. We'll get Trevor Maddich's thoughts on the Point Study matchup between the Cougs and the Pokes. Plus, Ted Toler from the Point Study Bowl and are going for two picks. Giddy up! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. It's on BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Monday, December 5th. Believe it. Jerem Jordan alongside Groot's step-uncle, Jason Shepard. I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. I'm glad that mm-hmm. you can say mm-hmm. more than that today. Yes. That's good. Yeah. You've seen the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 trailer, We right? watched it this morning. I'd forgotten that, actually. No. <laughs> How good is that? It, was, it looks really good. Th- there was zero plot points given in the two-and-a-half-minute trailer. Fantastic. Yet it was one of the best trailers I've ever seen. If you have not seen the Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, by the way, playing off the music theme, mm-hmm. please do. If after this show. After this yes. show is over, then yeah. you can watch it. Or during it. a commercial. Whatever. Um, or pause this on the app or on the DVR, whatever. Or Let's on just your live keep TV. them here for now. Oh, okay. My bad. Then they can watch it. It's well worth the time. Guardians of the Galaxy was Washington football this year, the first movie. We didn't expect like came out them of to make the playoff. That was kind of unexpected. So but Chris it was Peterson good. is Chris Pratt. I didn't know Pratt? much about it. Yes. With less muscles. Chris Pratt, BYU fan. There was this picture going around yeah. the internet last week of him in a BYU shirt. Yeah, and it was not like, photo. It's like not from photo like early 2000s. Yeah, he's wearing a BYU shirt. Interesting. Chris Pratt. I think we know who he'll cl- be rooting for in the BYU, Poinsettia Bowl. <laughs> closet BYU fan. <laughs> Little did uh, we know that. I also wore my uh, bear shirt today. I think a bear is my Patronus. This is a grizzly bear. I went to Copper Hills, the Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah, seriously, though, what, what is? did you buy that at like a roadside gas station or something? No, it was like five bucks at uh, Art City Days in uh, Springville, like two years ago. That doesn't make it right. But it doesn't make it wrong. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU will play Wyoming in the Poinsettia Bowl, December 21st, 9 Eastern time on ESPN. You can get tickets on BYUtickets.com. This will be the first meeting between the two since the Cougars were in the Mountain West Conference in 2010. ESPN gives BYU a 78% chance of winning that's the second highest nationally in all of the bowl games. How about that? And 60% of the time, it works every time. That's right. In San Diego. In San no Diego. less, Anchorman. <laughs> yes. Uh, that brings us, though, to our Twitter question. What is your favorite memory from the BYU versus Wyoming series? Mm, interesting. I have, a, I have a feeling there will be some, uh, some interesting <laughs> memories <laughs> Between these two. I think so. Uh, yeah. Our, our first tweet, uh, Dr. Drew – Dr. Drew. <laughs> I added the doctor. That is not his Twitter handle. Yeah, wait a minute. Drew Weidman, 1984 tight end David Mills, a.k.a. Sluggo, catching a TD pass from Bosco to win the game. Mm. Yeah, TD pass. going back good... to 84. Yeah, Lee Johnson told an amazing story where he uh, barefoot punted uh, a ball into their new scoreboard and broke some lights. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I know we've both been to Laramie, so my, mine is this. Um, our director today, his name's Scott Hill, um, he and I were at uh, the game uh, in 2009, and Scott said, let's do... Scott's had a lot of great ideas. This was not one of them. Uh, he said, let's do a story on why Wyoming fans hate BYU. <laughs> so we went, in, <laughs> we went into the uh, Wyoming student section, 
and uh, there were there were many bombs right uh, <laughs> going off at at that time. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of great stories. That was not one of them. I had never made the air. Yeah, well, see, yeah. my my memory is is very similar to that. Yeah. Uh, me and another uh, buddy in the uh, in the media, we we were not asked to go cover this game, but we wanted to experience a BYU uh, at Wyoming yeah, game. Yeah. So we actually drove the six hour or five and a half hours to Laramie to go cover the game. Wait, five and a half? Isn't yeah. it like eight or nine to Laramie? Yeah, from what here. You, what are you, a grandma? Eight or nine, dude. Five and a half hours get you in Laramie. What? But needless to say, Why all did it the, take so long for all me and of my the buddies? stories and that you hear about the hatred for BYU and the things that are said and or thrown, 100% accurate. Which 100% ma- accurate. Which makes it what it is, right? Yeah. That, that's, it's part of the deal. I'm on Google Maps looking up the distance If here. it takes you eight hours you. to get to Laramie, then you are significantly right. going it under the speed limit. It says 554. See? Yeah. yeah, but why did it take us eight, Scott? I don't. I don't remember why it took us eight. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I we did pick up Harvey Unga from the uh, fireside and took him home. He was left behind. That was fun, also. <laughs> At Googs fifty three in two thousand six, when Jacobson and Mickel had an amazing punt and kick returns. Also, Michael Reed with an awesome TD. That was a thirty eight nothing win, maybe forty four nothing win uh, for BYU. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on your favorite memories from the BYU Wyoming series. More on that coming up with uh, Ted Tolner, president of the San Diego Bowl Game Commission. He used to be the quarterback coach of BYU back yeah. in 81. Plus Trevor Maddich uh, on Wyoming as well. Moving on to uh, basketball in the headlines. BYU men's hoops lost to USC on Saturday, 91-84. to Eric Mika had 29 points and 9 rebounds. TJ Haas finished the game with 15 points and 5 boards. Now BYU will be back in action Wednesday night hosting Weber State. We'll have more on the Cougars through 8 games coming up in just a few minutes. Women's volleyball advances to the Sweet 16 yet again yeah, after they beating did. Princeton on Friday and Saturday. They swept UNLV. Dig by Lake, Hardy back set to Perry, through the block, and BYU is back to the Sweet 16 for a fifth consecutive season. That is amazing. That is amazing. I, I think that's the best team, on, team and program on campus right now, Women, the women's volleyball program. Five straight Sweet 16s? That's great. One of the things that we have talked about on the women's volleyball broadcast is how this team has exceeded everybody else's expectations. Yes. And they played the role of underdog all year. Nobody thought they could win. They lost a the first-team All-American. Yeah. And well, they got better. You can't be as good losing all the players that you lost. You can't do any better than second place in the WCC. Well, they did play as, as good as they did last year, and they won the conference outright. So this team is riding high. They're very good, and now we know that they'll face Texas in Austin on Friday. Yeah, and, Another and, BYU versus Texas match. Hey, what about that? Taysom Hill, uh, what are you doing Friday? What are you doing this weekend, man? <laughs> Absolutely. No pressure, Texas, but Taysom will be watching. Yeah. Uh, women's soccer players Ashley Hatch and Taylor Isom were named NSCAA All-Americans. Ashley Hatch is the fourth player in BYU history to receive first-team honors. Taylor Isom is the sixth player in BYU history to receive second-team honors. At McMinn 5, uh, oh, before I get to that, Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos should have been an All-American. She should have been a first-team All-American. Instead, she wasn't mentioned at all. So I, that was a real uh, – it, it, it will make a lot of headlines, but I do want to mention that. Michelle Murphy-Vasconcellos had an unbelievable season. WCC Player of the Year, by the way, and wasn't an All-American. That's straight-up garbage. Straight-up garbage. What's up with that? I don't, I don't know. At McMinn 5, 
Jeff, it took you eight hours to get to Laramie because of all the stops at Mavericks to buy animal t-shirts and fireworks. <laughs> the truth we, comes out. We don't need to worry about the uh, yeah the fireworks. Let's be honest. If you're going yeah. to find a shirt like this, it's going to be on that stretch of I-80 between oh. Salt Lake and Laramie. Oh, absolutely. And this, is not, this isn't even weird, man. You can get some really weird ones. <laughs> it's about to get weird. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Growing pains. Miss for USC. Rose lobs it. That was one of the highlights from uh, the seven-point loss for BYU basketball on Saturday against USC. Bum, 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 bum. The Cougars, five and three. At this point, they've lost three of four. Uh, lost to Valpo, hoping to get one that lost to USC. You talk about non-con kind of resume-building games. That was an opportunity for BYU, and now uh, I think they've gone one and two in those games. Princeton was a nice win. Valpo was, would have been a nice win. Uh, and then USC slipped out of BYU's fingers. More on what the Colorado game means Saturday. But this was a frustrating uh, loss. BYU, as, as Dave Rose mentioned, wasn't really in that game for most of it. Although it was did get to eight and even five late. BYU was never really a threat. Never took the lead uh, back in the second half or anything like that. The, but the start, though, was promising. You had it, a 12-2 lead. Now, it could have been USC big. went one for 17 in BYU. <laughs> Scored 12 points in eight minutes. It, that should have it, been 20-something. Yeah, it, it could have been two. bigger, but, but you had a lead early on. So yeah. you thought, okay, if, if the shooting could come around a little bit better, maybe cut down on the turnovers, you know, you maybe, maybe yeah. you got a shot. But you're right. That, yeah, that was a frustrating win because I didn't feel like BYU was completely overmatched. In the end, defensively, uh, couldn't win those matchups, turned the ball over too much, didn't shoot the ball well, which, by the way, can we talk about that for a second? We, we discussed Friday. When should we address whether that's an issue for this team? It's an issue for this team. Eight games in, I know that's just barely over a quarter of the regular season, eight of 31 games, but the three-point shooting's an issue for this team. And it's frustrating uh, because we think this team's, I think this team's good. I think the players on this team are good, but to lose three of four in the fashion that BYU did, that's more frustrating. Well, and I'm like you. I mean, it is a problem just simply because it's one of the things that consistently we're seeing. This team is is struggling shooting, and and that that surprises me because of all of the things yeah. that I thought that 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 wouldn't be an issue. It's shooting the ball, specifically perimeter shooting, and it, and it has been. But I'm like you. Yeah, this is not the start that they had hoped for in terms of statistically. But and record and record, absolutely. But there's still plenty of time to turn this around from a shooting perspective. Yeah, and and they're gonna figure it out. This team is too good. The talent is too high it's to crazy. not figure it out. Yeah, and Eric Mika was unbelievable. I mean, he was the best player on the court. Also, I don't think Eric Mika is going to be for, here for his senior year. This guy's playing out of his mind, and it's only eight games in. Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 29. Eric Mika scored 29 points, career high versus USC. Also, BYU shooting 29% from three on the season. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think Eric Mika's a beast, and he's fantastic, and he is the heart and soul of this team right now. He was so good. He's going to be drafted into the NBA, I, I believe. Um, but I'm with you. The three-point shooting will get better. It's crazy because I... At, before the season, if you would have said, what's the strength going to be in the, of this team? I would have said, oh, shooting. Yeah. Th- it's this always team will shooting. be able to make It's shots. always shooting. When is it not? And, and 
this team has struggled, and we said, well, and, and Greg uh, Rubel tweeted out a great stat a couple games ago saying, well, last year's team was actually worse than this year's team from three. And so we thought, oh, okay, there's a trend. Last year's team was last year's team. This year's team's different. Different guys. There was a lot of turnover. TJ Haas hasn't gone one for 12 in any three-game set in his entire life going back to junior jazz. Like, there's no way. So it's pretty crazy what's going on. Yet, the USC loss was frustrating. I wasn't frustrated by the loss per se, but how it happened. I don't, I don't like the trend of what's going on right now uh, with turnovers, with uh, three-point shooting, with a little bit of defense. I thought Wednesday BYU took a step forward. They took a step backwards here. But here's the, here's the deal. Bigger picture. Eight games in. It's just so early. These aren't McDonald's All-Americans. These are kids from Lone Peak. They won the national championship, and they're really good. But there's, they're not three NBA players on BYU's roster. You know what I mean? There's one player. His name's Eric Mika. All right. It's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be okay, in my opinion. All right. I'm putting the blue goggles on. I need the ones that flash. <laughs> the Cyclops. Blue Only because alert. I think they're really cool. Blue goggle alert. Also, blue goggle alert. two things <laughs> very positive alert. for me. And it has to start, first and foremost, with those black uniforms. How <laughs> sweet were those black uniforms? Best part of the season so far. I'm just telling somebody. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. If one of those ended up under my Christmas tree before Christmas, I would not, I would not be opposed to that. You would cry. Uh, secondly, the play of Eric Mika. That as get, good as the black uniforms are cool. As good as the black uniforms. He played like an NBA player on an NBA court. Yeah. He was fantastic. 29 points to go along with nine rebounds. He has been thoroughly impressive to me. All right, I'll take these off now. Here's, here's the deal. What did we think BYU was going to be through eight games? I think I thought six and two through eight games. So they're one game off. The, U- the UVU game, the that's Utah the Utah Valley game broke the trust of the fan base for the time being. It will be, it will be built back up over time. But right now, uh, that, <laughs> that, was, that, was a, uh, that was a big deal. So we, we keep harping back to eh, pile on that moment on, right? It's eight games in. Uh, this, the standard is high for this group. Coach Cleveland came in and said, can we, can we stop waving the Final Four banner and just watch these guys develop? I said before the season I would give this team until February to figure out, and I'm still going to do that. My concern, though, with this team, Jason, is they're running out of non-con resume-building opportunities. Saturday's game versus Colorado is a must-win for BYU to get into the NCAA tournament. Now, now if, if they lose that, they're going to have to do something wild in conference. Like, they're going to have to split with St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Both those teams are in the top 15. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. You, you have two games in the non-conference. The, the one at Colorado that you mentioned, which is at the Marriott Center, and I agree with you 100%. You, you, you got to get I, that one. I'll call it a 99% must win. The, the other game is <laughs> Illinois, with, that you face at the United Center. Who is a better team than we thought? Last yes. year they were like 12 and 18. They weren't that good. They're the, number 69 in Ken Palm's rank. Those are BYU's two opportunities to kind of jump back a little bit and, and to erase the UVU loss mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And so I, I think those two are huge, specifically the Colorado, for the reason that you mentioned that it's at home. Got to get that one for sure. Got to get that one. And all of, this, all of this youth and everything just makes me think, I was just thinking, I just composed this. I didn't get this from anywhere. I just, I just put this together over the weekend. Show me that smile again. Don't waste another minute on your crying. We're nowhere near the end of the season. The best is ready to begin. As long as we got each other, we got the world spinning right in our hands, Jason. Baby, rain or shine all the time from three. We got each other sharing the laughter and love. Just, that was just, you just came up with that. Top, 
Top of my head, over the weekend, Are, put it, I put it down. Have um, you by chance been watching episodes of Growing Pains? No. No, I did not copy because and paste that. Because that is word for word the theme song I did from not, the 80s classic starring Kirk Cameron, Growing I did, Pains. I did not copy and paste that from uh, the popular uh, 80s television program, Growing Pains. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I just, Excellent show and a great theme song. We're watching, you did not come up with that. We're, we're watching this team grow up. Before our eyes. And there, hey, there's some growing pains. Trust me. When BYU shoots well from three and blows someone out, don't be shocked. Okay? Don't be shocked. This team's good. Our Twitter question today, related to BYU and Wyoming. What's your favorite memory from the BYU-Wyoming series? We're talking about football mainly. At Chad Stewart 79 Favorite memory? Not having to play them anymore after leaving the Mountain West Conference. <laughs> Keep the tweets coming in the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up! Our compelling and rich going for two picks and Trevor Maddich on the college playoff teams. But first, former BYU quarterback coach and current San Diego Bowl game president Ted Tolner on WYO. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. With simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV, the conversation is happening right now on Twitter. What's your favorite memory from BYU versus Wyoming, that series? Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We were just talking about BYU men's hoops. The Cougar Hoopsters returning to the Marriott Center Wednesday night. BYU will host Weber State 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Big game. Another in-state game. Uh, uh, following the USC game, how will BYU respond? Will they shoot the three-point uh, ball better? We'll uh, find out Wednesday night on BYU TV, BYU Radio. What's your favorite memory from BYU versus Wyoming? At J underscore Royal 09. All I remember is beating them, so they're not very relevant. Let's just beat them again. And that's the fun part of this matchup. This Wyoming team is way more dynamic and explplosive than any team BYU played in the last 20 years. They have lost three or four, Wyoming. though. They have lost three or four. If you buy into the fact, and I understand there's like three and four weeks in between. Yeah. But BYU coming in on a win streak, Wyoming is coming in. Having lost three or four. But that place was juiced uh, Saturday night, even in the loss to San Diego State. And now joining us is Ted Tolner, the president of the San Diego Bowl Game Association on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Ted, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. Thank you. We know the matchup now. Uh, What ultimately led to the decision to pick the Wyoming Cowboys? Well, I think it's a great matchup. I mean, first of all, you just think about the history, the competitive rivalry of Wyoming and BYU over the years, back all the way back to the WAC and the Mountain West. And, and I think the other part is Wyoming is really one of those Cinderella stories from worst to first. I mean, they were worst in the conference a year ago, and they won the Mountain Division this year. And, you know, they lost a very good football uh, game and against a good team to San Diego State in the championship game. But, you know, you look at it and you look at, some of their the, the common opponent games where they beat Boise and BYU lost by a point. They mm-hmm. beat Boise by a point or two. And you look at they both beat Utah State. That's the only common opponent. But more than that, I just think the fact that what they've done from last year to this year, and then you even look at BYU this year to, to start off one and three and then win seven out of eight. There's something special going on on both those teams from a character standpoint. Not, not getting into individual stats, but just the quality of the team and what it takes to turn things around through the course of one season to the next, like Wyoming has done, and from the beginning of a season to the end and winning seven of the last eight like BYU did. I, I think that's makes it an exciting matchup. 
Ted, you, you certainly are well aware of, of BYU's history of playing bowl games in San Diego. What will it be like to have BYU back in Southern California? Oh, I think it'll be great because of the reputation. I mean, if it, BYU was what helped set the Holiday Bowl as one of the most exciting bowl games in the country, and it was because they were they were parts of the first six or seven games, if I recall, and and they were in it in 2010. I think was the last time we that we had them down here, but. Uh, they just bring excitement to the program. And every time they've been involved in the game, it's been an exciting game. And and so, you know, to have them back in the tradition that that Brigham Young is, it really makes for our, our, our San Diego County Credit Union Point Study of Bowl something special. Why should people uh, tune into or go to this game, in your opinion? Why should they? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I number one because I think it'll be a heck of a football game. You look at you look at both teams, you know, with with a runner, a leading national runner, and Jamal Williams from BYU, as you all know, and Brian Hill from Wyoming. I mean, you got yourself two of the top runners in the country. Uh, the quarterback, the quarterback from Wyoming, uh, Brian Allen, is it leads the conference in touchdown passes. BYU has got probably the more balanced offense than they've had in years, and, and uh, I, I just think it's a great matchup. Both teams have solid defenses, but they also have explosive players on offense, and the competitive rivalry. You never, you, you can't count the energy that that brings when two teams are so focused because of the rivalry. They, they, they want to win this thing more than just participate in it. Ted, obviously beyond just having the game itself, there are lots of festivities that go on around the bowl. When do those festivities begin, and what can those who are attending expect? Well, you know, that, that's really a good question because the, bowl, the whole bowl operation nationally with 41 bowl games now is, you know, as an ex-coach, you know, all you think about from my perspective is the game and getting ready for the game and, prov- and, pro- and providing a, an exciting, competitive football game. But that's not enough anymore. I mean, there has to be, and this is the new part to me, you know, enhancing the fan experience other than the football game. See, that's new to me, that whole mentality. And, and, and if you're going to survive in the bowl picture nowadays with so many of them, there's got to be a fan experience outside of the game. And that's what we're really putting our focus on. There's going to be a Winterfest fan experience. The tickets are going to, you know, the band, we have band competition downtown, the parade that goes on. The, there's going to be discount on the ticket to different restaurants. So there's, it makes the whole experience better than just the football game. And that's a new, that's new for me to say, because I always thought, <laughs> hey, y'all, provide, provide two good teams and let them battle their tails off. And, and let's be ex-. But, but it takes more than that now. And we're, we are really looking into that. And, uh, and we've made some significant changes this year so that it does enhance the fan experience in addition to the game. And, and it'll begin really, uh, I mean, from the time they get here, you know, I think they arrive on the 17th and the game's on the 21st. And, and most of it happens, though, the day of the game and the day before the game. But they'll have an experience of going, you know, the, the uh, other things that happen for the players, too. Ted Tolner, the president of the San Diego Bowl Game Association, is on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, as the quarterback coach in 1981, do you remember the game against Wyoming? Oh, I do. I do. It was a, it was a cold day. 32, <laughs> 32 degrees, as uh, the yeah. box score says here. What else do you remember? Yeah. 
Well, I remember that because I'm a, I was a spoiled California guy. It was my uh, my wife and I and family's first experience of living, you know, outside of California. Now, <laughs> since then we we put since then we put stints in with Buffalo with the Buffalo Bills and the Detroit Lions. So we we grew from that. But you know, just playing football in that kind of weather was a whole new experience. And you know, and and we had Jim McMahon as our quarterback, and Jim was always exciting. We had we had good players, and we could throw the ball. And I wondered, okay, how are we going to perform in that kind of weather? But it it seemed like it didn't. Our guys were used to it. I mean, the BYU guys and the Wyoming guys. It was a bigger deal to someone like me who had never never really been in that much. And, and the performance level did not drop off. I mean, I was surprised how well Jim could throw the ball in that. Yeah, he had a nice game. And then uh, in the Holiday Bowl, you play Washington State. Uh, what do you remember about? Lavelle and his approach to the bowl game in uh, 1981. That was and that was a nice win over uh, the Washington State Cougars. It was a nice win, and well, Lavelle. You know, even though I was only there a short time, we have been uh, very, very close friends ever since then. Not only uh, with him, but with his wife Patty. And I've got great respect for what he has done because you know, you, when when you look way back when I was going to Cal Poly. We played BYU in a little old stadium there one year, and they beat they beat us up pretty good, but they weren't the program that they are now. But when I think about that stadium, and then I see what you have now, when I came up to the to the Southern Utah game, and I see that Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and there's sixty thousand people there. I mean, really, Lavelle had us, and the players that were in the program had so much to do with that transition from one level of a football program to the highest level, and uh, so. Great respect for not only for him and what he's done, but the whole university and their approach to athletics. If I recall, you had a touchdown pass against BYU in 1960, right? I didn't just look that up either. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that. All I know is we didn't win the game. But the thing I I do remember is just, you know, what the stadium was like then and what it is now. And, Mm. you know, and just the accomplishment of going from that, you know, making that transition is really, really impressive. And, and, you know, you look around the country over the history of college football, and there's been a few coaches that have taken one, a program from one level to the other, and Lavelle might be at the top of that list. Absolutely. Ted, we appreciate the time. We look forward to uh, interacting with you in San Diego, and uh, enjoy the preparation. Before we get there, thank you. We, well, we will do that, and we'll have we'll have the weather for you. And here's the thing that makes me laugh is that you guys are coming down <laughs> in Wyoming, and part of our fan enhancement is a winter fest. We're going to bring in snow. A winter gonna, fest, really? Well, yeah, we are. We're going to bring in snow <laughs> so the kids and the families can can slide down the hill, and, and it, it makes me chuckle to think, okay, we've got two people at two universities that are experts in winter weather. <laughs> We're going to provide that experience here, but I guess it'll be mainly for for the uh, California people that come to the game. I don't know. It's open <laughs> to everybody, but I, I'm not sure the uniqueness will be that big a deal to uh, Wyoming <laughs> and to Brigham Young. <laughs> That's exactly right. Ted, we appreciate the time. We look forward to uh, seeing you soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you. That's Ted Tolner on You're the welcome. Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Ted Tolner did play against BYU as a quarterback in 1960. Uh, BYU defeated Cal Poly at Cal Poly, 34-14. Ted Tolner had a 47-yard touchdown pass in that game. How about that? Y- you know what it is? That's just off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah that's just, just knowledge like, that you have just, rolling just like around the noggin. in the opening segment as well. That we completely... <laughs> This completely a sham. It's called plagiarism. <laughs> it's called quoting. Yeah.
All right, it appears that we, uh, we have some breaking news. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. BYU announces the addition of a 13th game to the 2017 Cougar football schedule. BYU will host FBS opponent Portland State, the Vikings, on Saturday, August 26th. It's the first meeting between the two teams. The game also gives BYU six home games, six road games, and a neutral site matchup the following week against LSU. Okay, how about that? So this is great because BYU now has a warm-up FBS game before facing new LSU coach Ed Orgeron and whoever the new offensive coordinator is next season. What do you think, Jason? I I like that. I like having one of those games. And we understand that BYU's schedule is a little different because you have to play the the quote-unquote tougher teams at the beginning just because of scheduling and conferences. But I I like the idea of having that game to to start things out. Absolutely. Tanner Mangum won't go in kind of... Cold in the offseason. Squally Canada is the main running back, right? Portland State is the opening game of the 2017 schedule. Also, as mentioned, BYU now has 13 games on the schedule. There will still be a bye week in there, I believe, in the 34th week of September. So you go Portland State, LSU, Utah, Wisconsin. Hey, fun September. Hey, and starting college football a little early, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, baby. Start fall camp early, too. Yes. Coming up, going for two, but first, Trevor Maddich on the Poinsettia Bowl. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Speaking of BYU TV, tune in to After Further Review tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan jump in the Wayback Machine. They will relive... The 1980 Holiday Bowl between BYU and SMU. That's AFR tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV. Some people never get out of the Wayback Machine. They're just stuck in there. Live in the now, people. You know those people. (laughs) If you you converse with someone, you know who those people are. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU will play WIOMing in the Poinsettia Bowl coming up December 21st, 9 Eastern Time. On ESPN, this is the first meeting between the two since 2010. BYU has not played Wyoming as an independent. Speaking, uh, speaking of the way back machine, going back what six years? That that's not way back, Jason. Well, it's it's way, it way back <laughs> for, enough for the kids. For, the, yeah. for it's and it's all about the yeah. kids. Looking forward to this one. It's always fun to play in the bowl games. Uh, BYU men's hoops lost to USC over the weekend, 91-84. to Eric Mika had 29 points, which, by the way, was a career high, and nine rebounds. TJ Haas finished with 15 points and five boards. BYU will be back in action Wednesday, hosting Weber State. And if you missed the uh, opening segment of the show, our thoughts on the big picture of this team moving forward. Women's volleyball advances to its fifth straight Sweet 16. How about that? That is awesome. Congratulations to the BYU women's volleyball team. They beat Princeton on Friday in three, and then Saturday beat UNLV, speaking of old Mountain West Conference teams <laughs> and WAC teams. Uh, 13 seed BYU plays at four seed Texas in Austin this Friday. So, Sweet 16 again for the ladies. Hey, let's hope that BYU's winning tradition against Texas continues. Yes, can Taysom Hill Ta- go Taysom, down to that game? I'm going to tweet BYU out, Taysom travels. is watching. No pressure, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Just to see. Women's soccer players Ashley Hatch and Taylor Isom were named NSCAA All-Americans. Ashley Hatch is the fourth player in BYU history to receive first-team honors. Taylor Isom is the sixth player in Cougar history to receive second-team honors. Pascal left off that list 
and that's really unfortunate. Now joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is ESPN College Football Analyst Trevor Maddich. It's a Maddich Monday. Trevor, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks. I'm excited for our women's volleyball team. And by the way, doesn't Princeton see themselves as the BYU of the East? <laughs> I, yeah, I've heard they, that. Yes, I, think I have it's heard on, that. it's on like a statue or something <laughs> on campus there in New Jersey. Yeah, if, exactly. if you look at the small print on their website, that's there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, BYU is playing Wyoming in the Poinsettia Bowl. What was your one-word reaction when you heard that news? Nostalgia. Nostalgia, that's an old rival with, uh, with uh, the rivalry that runs deep. Now, the, the people of today, the kids of today, et cetera, they don't know that. But I think institutionally, this is really fun to be able to face Wyoming once again. What do you think of this matchup ultimately? Well, the matchup is a good one. and It would be a quality win if BYU could pull this off. You know, we know that Wyoming played for the, for the Mountain West Championship and lost in a close one to San Diego State, but they have got some players on offense that'll make this really interesting for fans to watch. Their quarterback, Josh Allen, is a dual threat, and he's throwing the ball very well. They have a running back who's a bulldozer in Brian Hill, a big guy. And there's only one guy in the entire nation that carried the ball more times than Hill. He's got 323 carries. He's just a, just a gigantic workhorse, gigantic, about 6'1", about 210, 215. He's just a big guy. And the problem is, if you try to stop Brian Hill by putting too many safeties and too many people in the box. They've got a wide receiver in Tanner Gentry, who's another big guy, about 6'2", 210, who's got one of the best yards per catch averages in the nation. He averages about 19 yards per catch. So they're very balanced on offense with the run and pass, and they've got individual stars that will be a great challenge for BYU's defense to match up with. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. There's lots of uh, fun ma- matchups in this one. 8-5 and five, Wyoming, BYU coming in 8-4. and four. Uh, Wyoming, I think they've had a quality year, and this has been kind of a resurgence. Of course, Craig Bowles, who came from North Dakota State, has kind of uh, elevated them. And I think, Trevor, playing Wyoming and a lot of the Mountain West teams, it kind of got old. But for BYU fans, I think this has a little more intrigue because there's been a six-year separation since playing the Cowboys. What do you think? Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't ever want to get stale. And part of it, too, is that especially for the fans that are there, instead of having to like go to Laramie, possibly, to, to see BYU play Wyoming, which is, a, which is I stayed there in a little roadside motel that cost $35 a night this past July as I was coming through on my tour. So I did visit Laramie and said hello. The, uh, but, but going to San Diego to play them, I mean, that's, that's, that's a joy now. That's one thing that we love so much going to the Holiday Bowl every year was leaving the snows of Provo and spending a week on the beach in San Diego. And the fact that we're playing a team that, that plays at 7,000-foot elevation in Laramie, Wyoming, that's a traditional rival, I think, is a whole lot of fun. So the, the, teams want, the, the, the fans watching this game on TV will have a lot of good football to watch. Uh, and the fans that are there in San Diego, well, if you're not going to San Diego, change your plans and go. You referenced the fact that Wyoming is balanced, but clearly their workhorse has been Brian Hill. And that's what this game will feature two of the nation's best running backs in Hill and obviously Jamal Williams. Is it oversimplifying things to say that the team that can slow down the other team's rushing attack will win? Uh, I think it's important. And that will be the first priority of both defenses to slow down the other side's rushing attack. The problem is that if you, can, if you can't do that with normal personnel in the box, then you're exposed to some very good receivers going over the top. And Tanner Mangum has shown that when he wants to launch that ball deep, he can, he can complete it. 
And so both sides have the ability to burn you if you devote too many resources to stopping that running game. And really, a lot of this game will come down to which team can slow down the other one's running back and still play good pass protection behind it. Taysom Mills out. He's not playing in the bowl game with the left elbow sprain. Tanner Mangum will start the bowl game. He played... Uh... In a bowl game last year, in fact, uh, he's on a 28-0 run. Uh, if you're a BYU fan, that's how you count that. What do you expect from Tanner Mangum in the Poinsettia Bowl? Uh, I expect him to throw the ball deep early and often. Uh, I think this, this is a lot of fun. And I, and I think that BYU, to win this game, the best thing they can do is establish play action because Wyoming's defense will have their hands full. I mean, they see him practice every day, a terrific running back in Brian Hill, but Jamal Williams one of the best backs in the nation, and that's going to open up play-action pass, and that's really where Tanner Mangum excels. He doesn't want to have to run around like Taysom Hill and avoid the pass rush, and the best way to slow down a pass rush is to have a big offensive line hit him in the mouth and have a running back come downhill at them and have the defense try to figure out if that back has the ball or not, and Jamal Williams is the perfect play-action guy, so that's one of the reasons I think BYU will start to push that ball down the field. All four of your bowl games were actually in San Diego. you have any good stories or two from uh, the glory days in San Diego? Well, I'll tell you what, the, the glory days in San Diego were mostly just laying on the beach and, and trying not to get sunburned. That's one thing that happens, whether it's playing at Hawaii or going to San Diego in December. You've always got some of the young guys on the team that don't understand the relationship between pain and sunburn. Because, you know, you can go out there with your, your you know, unaccustomed skin, unaccustomed to the sun. And it doesn't hurt for a while, so you think you can stay out on the beach for longer than you should. It doesn't start to hurt until later. But then, when equipment managers start to pull on your jerseys, in other words, what they'll do is they'll put the jersey on the shoulder pads, and they're really tight, and then they'll pull the shoulder pads with the jersey over your skin and just scrape hard against the skin. And I'll tell you what, that it's always fun as an older guy just to look at those guys and say, I, I told you so, I told you so. And they got to go out and play the game. So there's, uh, it was, it's always fun to look at that difference. Um, I'll tell you this, though. Uh, at Wyoming, I remember my freshman year, we played out there. It was a snowstorm, a raging snowstorm. The game was on ABC. Mark Wilson was the quarterback. And by the end of the game, you couldn't see across the field. You couldn't see the other sideline because the snow was blowing so hard. And Wilson sets NCAA passing records in that game. And the only people left in the stands at the end were all a combination of shirtless. Well, the men men were shirtless, and they were completely inebriated off their gourd. And I was told by the older guys, it was my freshman year, to keep my helmet on. And things were pinging off our helmets like coins and things like that uh, the entire <laughs> game. And at halftime, our offensive line coach, Roger French, because we were trailing in that game. I, no, no, uh, no, that wasn't Roger. This was uh, before that. But in that, in another memory of Wyoming is that one of the halftimes, our offensive line coach, Roger French, was so worried that they had bugged the locker room that he took a pair of scissors and cut an electrical cord that came to a speaker where we were meeting at a halftime. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's no trust gained and no love lost between these programs. Absolutely. It's going to be a ton of fun uh, coming up December 21st. Uh, tickets available on BYUtickets.com. Trevor Maddich of ESPN is on BYU Sports Nation. The college football playoff uh, is out. We know the four teams. What did you think of uh, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Washington? Well, I think they got three or four. Uh, I think that that uh, I would have put in Penn State as the fourth team. Mm. Over Washington? Over Ohio State. Okay. 
And the, the reason is that I think the committee was faithful to their standards, but I think they were, had the wrong standards. The written standard says that a non-champion must be unequivocally better, their word, unequivocally better, in order to go to the playoff above a conference champion. And that's a high bar to overcome. But their stated standard is completely different. Their stated standard is that conference championship and head-to-head are mildly interesting exhibitions that will be used as last-ditch tiebreakers only if they can't separate the teams by other means that the committee thinks are more important than conference championship and head-to-head. And that really bothers me. And this has nothing to do with Ohio State. Ohio State fans are mad at me for saying this. This is, this is about the big picture of what college football should value. Now, in a 14 playoff, conference championship is not absolute. But I, I advocate for the written standard, not the stated standard. You know, and so when you look at Penn State versus Ohio State at the end of it all, they are close in their overall resume, but Ohio State has the advantage. Ohio State had one less loss, two to one, and they had one more win than Penn State did over teams ranked in the top ten, three to two. And that's an advantage for Ohio State. But on the Penn State side of the ledger, you had a head-to-head win. Penn State beat Ohio State. Penn State won the division that Ohio State is in. And Penn State won the conference that Ohio State is in. And what the committee said was that the resume of Ohio State should trump head-to-head and conference championship. And I think that's backwards. I think what they should have done is say that the, the conference championship and head-to-head represent a high bar that Ohio State's resume had to overcome. And I don't think there's any way that you can say that Ohio State is unequivocally better than Penn State, given the fact that Penn State is close to them in overall resume, and Penn State beat them on the field. Maybe Ohio State's better, but not unequivocally better. And so I think that, that it was unfair to college football and to conference races around the country. And I think that it's a problem going forward if they keep it this way, because the way the committee talks, they think that college football should be one giant 128-team bucket where they'll skim off the top four teams regardless of what happens in conference championships for the most part. And to me, that would, that would marginalize conference championships and make them what they were even before the BCS, make them, make them regional races of regional interest because nationally they won't come into play, according to the committee, unless you need a last-ditch tiebreaker. And I think that's not good for college football. So independent of which teams were involved, I don't like the way that the committee came to include Ohio State but not Penn State. Now, if they wanted to include Ohio State instead of Washington, I think there's a good argument there because there's no head-to-head. And Ohio State does have a clearly better resume than Washington. I still would have taken Washington. But in this case, I'm not happy with the process by which they found their top four teams, even though I know that based on the standards that they set, they were faithful to those standards. They're just the wrong standards. Opinionated, as always, it's going to be a fun bowl season. Uh, even though Penn State didn't make it, the Rose Bowl should be a lot of fun. Lots of great bowl games, including BYU and Wyoming. Trevor, we appreciate the time. All right, thanks, guys. It's Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. In case you missed it, BYU will open the 2017 season against Portland State at home before the LSU game. A 13 game added, which is awesome. Another game. Because BYU plays at Hawaii, the Cougars can schedule 13 regular season games. So six home, six road, one neutral. I love it. Cougars and the Vikings. 
Mm. I watch Vikings on the History Channel. Everybody says I should watch that, you but I haven't that. to this yeah. point. But I, I grew up in Portland. I don't know where Portland I State thought you were saying, I grew like, up a Viking. In Portland, I don't know where Portland State is. Yeah. I grew, also, I grew up a Viking. Exactly. <laughs> Coming up, Spencer's lead is diminishing and going for two, but first, a little Portland State coverage as well. What does this mean for 2017? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jerem Jordan. He's Jason Shepard, live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, you can catch the rebroadcast weeknights, 6 Eastern time. If it looks like I have a stiff neck and looking down, it will be explained in just a minute. Women's basketball hosts Weber State Wednesday afternoon, 1 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Cougars 4-3 and heading into Wednesday's in-state matchup with the Wildcats. You should relax, man. Uh, BYU basketball can't relax uh, after the USC game, but uh, I think Spencer is tightening up a little bit. So is that race in going for two picks? Can you predict the future? Kind of. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Going for two is brought to you by BYU Dining Services. Okay, Jason Shepard, you represent Spencer Linton. I just got braces yesterday. That's why I'm not here today. Actually, two days ago. I wouldn't do it on Sunday. Okay, you speak as if you're Spencer. Go okay. Ahead. Well, I felt so bad because you've been whining about the fact that I had such a large lead that I picked things that I knew wouldn't happen just in order to give you a little bit of a, of a way to, to catch up. Thank you for I'm that. still in the lead, by the way. This feels like Conan O'Brien. In the year you, you, 2000. You're, yeah, you're, Wrong bit. Your, your lips uh, in his picture. I'm trying this, not to move. For, if Don't hate me, radio, Spencer. You, this was not my idea. you got to watch this on Twitter if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what were your picks and how'd you do? Uh, let's see. LJ Rose will have a double-double. That did not happen. LJ Rose <clears throat> finished with five points, three rebounds, and three assists. Yeah. Also, I chose BYU will hand USC its first loss of the season. <laughs> that did not happen either. Because USC beat the Cougs 91-84. Okay, uh, so you, Spencer went 0 for 2. He's 17-19, so he's two games under 500. I know that 500 mark means a lot to him. Okay, <laughs> um, I, I said, and I, I mailed it in. I, I admitted that I mailed it in. Yoli Childs will have a 7-plus point, 8-plus rebound game. That's a complete miscalculation of what happened. He didn't get that, so how soft was it? 5.7 rebounds. Didn't get either. And the second one I actually got, which is the game will be decided by single digits. Swish! Swish! That didn't happen enough for BYU. <laughs> the Cougars lost by seven. So I got a pick right. I mailed it in. I got plus one. I know. Spencer's still up three. I'm 14 and 22 on the season. So I have some work to do. You have some work to do, but yeah. hey. But I'm going to put my shoulder to the wheel <laughs> and push it along. Jason, I'm going to get her done. Okay? Oh. Hey, what's your favorite memory from the BYU-Wyoming series? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Craig Phillow one playing Eric Lechner and Fennis Dembo. Oh, are we talking football? I forgot Wyoming had a football team. <laughs> oh, burn! Oh, 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 snap! Burn! Wyoming beat Boise State in a world. Wyoming beat Boise State <laughs> and split with San Diego State. They have some quality wins on there, on the resume. Absolutely. Hey, it's going to be a fun matchup. I'm looking forward to this. It is. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Round, and in case you missed it, BYU is opening the 2017 season with Portland State. More on that coming up. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Helping you need it most. Let's whip it. 
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU will play Wyoming in the Poinsettia Bowl coming up December 21st, 9 Eastern on ESPN. This will be the first meeting between the two since 2010, and ESPN gives the Cougars a 78% chance of winning at his second highest nationally. In case you missed it, BYU announced the addition of a 13th game to the 2017 Cougar football schedule. BYU hosts FBS opponent Portland State on Saturday, August 26th. That'll be one of the first games in college football. That'll be awesome. It'll be the first meeting between the two teams. The game also gives BYU six home, six road, and a neutral site matchup the following week against LSU. Ooh, you know what that means, Jeremy? No. Countdown no. to hey. the Vikings. Hey. No. 264. Whoa. It, yes. It's tw- back already. The, the 2016 season is not <laughs> over. What oh. are we doing? What are we doing? Men's basketball. Yeah, let's move on. Giving the people what they want. The Cougars lost to USC 91-84. Eric Mika had 29 points and 9 rebounds. TJ Haas finished with 15 points and 5 boards. BYU back in action Wednesday hosting Weber State. Volleyball. Women's volleyball advanced to the Sweet 16 for the fifth straight season after sweeping Princeton on Friday and Saturday sweeping UNLV. 13 seed BYU plays at 4 seed Texas in Austin Friday. Soccer. Ashley Hatch and Taylor Isom were named NSCAA All-Americans. Ashley Hatch is the fourth player in BYU history to receive first-team honors. Taylor Isom is the sixth player in Cougar history to receive second-team honors. Jimmer! Fredad scored 36 points while grabbing 10 rebounds, dishing out five assists, and he had five steals, thou shalt not, in a win for the Shanghai Sharks. The Sharks are now 13-1. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collinsworth had eight points, nine rebounds, four assists, and two steals for the D-League's Texas Legends. Cougars in the NFL. Dennis Pitta had two touchdown catches. His first touchdown catches since 2013. Nine receptions, 90 yards. Congrats to the wannabe BYU Sports Nation host, Dennis Pitta. <laughs> also, Kyle Van Oy had an interception, five tackles, and a Patriots win. Daniel Sorensen had five tackles. The Chiefs. In the Chiefs win on a two-point conversion. Yes. And Ziggy Ansah, two tackles in a Lions win. Swimming and diving. Peyton Sorensen finished in fourth place in the 100 freestyle at the Texas Invitational. Women's basketball. UA beat UNLV 63-54 and lost to Oregon State 65-56 in the Maui Wahine Classic. Take that, Nyborg. Cougars overseas. The Mountain Man, Chase Fisher, 19 points, <laughs> three rebounds, two assists in a loss for Giovanni Scafati. Very nice. Thank you. Today's Rise Chats brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Helping you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Women's volleyball. Fifth straight Sweet 16. How about yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Good luck this uh, coming Friday against Texas. What's your favorite memory from BYU versus Wyoming at Pickfire 21? My first game at Cougar Stadium in the late 80s or early 90s. Don't remember the year, but we stomped on them. We always uh, won 10 of 11. Yes, absolutely. At JJ Fuller 72, the 1996 Mountain West Conference yep. championship game, no question, going 13 and 1, sending us to the Cotton Bowl and kept ranked Wyoming out of the bowls completely. Spencer and I were at that game. That was a lot of fun. The elite tweet of the day is this at Julie Killian for watching Lee Johnson punt barefoot in below freezing temperatures. <laughs> Lee is crazy. That's all I have to say about that. Hey, thanks to Trevor Maddich, <laughs> Ted Tolner, and everybody on the crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. Why'd we do the countdown? The show's on demand awesome. on BYUSN.com. The season's not even over! The audio podcast is on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Thor Salanoa. That's a guy who would love to play Wyoming again. BYU Sports Nation's back at it tomorrow. Noon Eastern time. More on the 2017 schedule coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow.